A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable resources and tools to grind your way to the ultimate fantasy baseball success this year. I am Rob DiPietro, the Deadpool Hitter. You can find me on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter. The show podcast can be found on Twitter at Pull Hitter Pod. Today, we will be going over the AL West and none other than doing the team breakdowns with me is Ryan Roof. You can catch Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Roof, that's R-U-F-E. What's going on, Ryan? What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to talk AL West. Some interesting uh, players to discuss today. Yes, definitely so, an interesting list. I love digging down deep or, you know, we're like uh, a common theme with the previous podcast. We're just sticking to the ADP past 150. And I'm um, going to try to get down to the nitty gritty with some of these teams um, do you have any current drafts going on right now, Ryan? I have one DC 50 going on right now. I'm going to try to do a couple more of those and then maybe a couple more um, draft champions before the end of the month. And then um, March is going to be a quiet month for me because I'm getting married in March, March 24th, right? Uh, Vegas main event weekend when everyone's in Vegas. Uh <laughs> doing drafts and having fun i'm gonna be saying my vows and committing to my beautiful fiance that i've been engaged to for several years and have been with for 17 so i'm just i'm excited for for the wedding and obviously that's way more important than fantasy baseball congrats man that's a good uh, day that's a good day awesome yeah fantastic a lot of the heavy draft stuff will be the rest of this month and then well I'll still do my main event, um, possibly a couple OCs next month, but I don't know when. So, all right, yeah, but yeah, I got good. a fifty going on, and uh, probably a couple more of those next couple weeks. So, I find like these these breakdowns are just helping me with my picks too. Like later in the draft, I'm yeah, totally yeah, getting sure. deep in the woods, and there's some players that maybe we've. Maybe you skim across if you run SGP or if you do a Z-score type system or whatever, auction calculator. And sometimes, you know, maybe you don't have time to dig in deep for the guys where you're just picking numbers over deep dives. And I always like to use the numbers with metrics hand in hand. And doing the deep dives has actually caused me to be like, oh, maybe this guy I picked in November would have been a little different if I did this in November. But... 
obviously. You know, yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we're just doing those draft two to get a feel for the market and establishing the market too. So let's lead off with the Los Angeles Angels. Um, got here, Mr. Reed Detmers going at ADP 204. Um, this is all ADP since January 1st. Patrick Sandoval, ADP 213. What do you like about these guys? Yeah, or do um, not like about these guys. So I haven't landed on Sandoval yet. I don't think I've ever rostered him, but but Detmers is is interesting to me. Still, still interesting to me. Last year, I drafted him in the main. I found it difficult to start him because because Angels were six man rotation. He wasn't getting many two start weeks, barely going five innings pitched, and then he has the the no hitter on May 10th against the Rays um, on my bench, probably on many people's bench. Um, start him the very next week. He goes three and two thirds against the Rangers. I end up dropping him, gets sent to the minors. And then, you know, when he, when he gets recalled, um, started going deeper in games, uh, went five innings or more in 10 of his final 13 starts after his recall, uh, tweaked, tweaked the pitch mix through his change up less in favor of a slider, which was, um, you know, really good. So I look at these guys um, and, and I just wonder, like, do you see Detmers like taking that next step forward? Like, like he seems to me like he could be one of those guys that could, could kind of have like the strider like breakout could, but I don't know, you know, what do you think the chances are of that happening are? Do you, do you like either of these guys, Sandoval Detmers, I don't know, round 13, 14, ADP and a 15 teamer. I do. I, I, I don't, I don't like Patrick Sandoval, but I'll start off with that mm-hmm. most since we've gotten into him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I see that, you know, he got sent back to the minors last year, came back, slider usage went up. Um, I also noticed that his vertical release point dropped a little bit. So he was a little less over the top and, the horizontal break and the spin rate increased after that. Um, if you look at the second half, 3.7 Sierra, 25% K rate, 13.5% swing and strike. Zone contact, 82%. O swing is league average, but his OPS versus righties was um OPS plus versus righties was 92. So I like I like I like what he's doing there. Um the curveball is is Great. Um, they got a thirty-two percent whiff rate versus righties, which is awesome. Um, get the ground balls a lot versus righties, which is good. And in the zone, seventy-eight percent zone contact, which is really good. Um, I just feel like when he's, when everything is working, the slider is going like sweeping across plate. The fourth team is up, and he's throwing that curveball for like either a first pitch strike or just strikes in general. Um. I think when it all blends together, it's it's great, and I I do love his upside a lot. Um, I know the six man rotation might hamper things. Um, right now, they're showing um, on depth charts. We see Tucker Davidson as the sixth starter. Um, to me, I don't know a a a ball club that's trying to win doesn't have Tucker Davidson pitching games for them that mean anything really in a season, but that's right. just, you know, and that also makes, you know, five lefties out of six pitchers. Otani, I think they have mentioned, and a lot of people have not realized that they want to keep 
keep him on a schedule where he's going to get some two-start weeks. He's going to be pitching every sixth day, and he'll get some two-start weeks that way. Um, I don't see, you know, maybe they bring up Chase Silseth again to be another, you know, cog in the, the starting rotation. They also have Griffin Canning coming off of injury, Chris Rodriguez, who was pretty good several years ago, but still, we don't know what we're getting from those arms. But And I also like to point out, too, <clears throat> that, you know, when you go to six-man, you're also shortening your bullpen. Um, their bullpen is pretty pretty solid, you know, but I don't know. I, I, I just think, I think I'd rather, you know, shoot for the upside of Detmers or even as is, as he is right now. I think he's a great, great, great value at cost, um, perceived value, yeah. I'll say. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, and Detmers is somebody that left a bad taste in my mouth, right? Cause it's my most important league. It's a main event. It's my first ever main event. And I'm like, thinking about his upside and then like never really starting him at all. And then I drop him, and then he comes back and is pretty solid. Right. So like, to me, I have this like, almost like, I don't know if it's biased, but like something where let's just like, I kind of just have been overlooking him just because like, I just remember in my brain, like, okay, never started this guy. But then you look at his second half and what he did once he came back from the minors. And, and I think it's just an important reminder, like, it's just a tale of, um, you know, it's not just that that first half of the season that left that bad taste in my mouth. He was much better in the second half, and I should consider him a little bit more, even though I kind of have that thought in my brain of, you know, him not going deep into games or getting many wins. Um, so, And, and yeah. even, too, from the end of 2021, when he made a brief appearance to last year, just to four-seam himself, because, you know, I think a lot of success of any pitcher hinges on the four-seamer, but his O-swing went up 5%. Um, the contact on it went down 4%. So he's making strides with his four-seam as well. And versus righties last year, he had a 23% whiff rate, um, and the league average is 19 for lefties versus righties, and the 12% swing a strike when the league average is 9. So I like Detmers. For Sandoval, I have no Sandoval. Um, I think the 1-3-4 whip scares the living shit out of me, and I don't think his fastballs are good enough, um, actually, you know. Um, I think the downsides to Sandoval is that the swing a strike rate, CSW, first pitch strike, they're all aren't really great. Um, the zone contact went up, um, even though it's still good, um, 81%. It, it's still like uh, all those metrics are going in the wrong way in like a in a three-year trend. Um, and the ground ball percentage is declining. 55%, 51%, 47%. Um, and the fly ball percentage is still at 30%, but his home run to fly ball went from 16% in 2021 to 6.3% last year. League average is 11.8. And so with the home run per nine of 0.48, um, I don't want to bet that all that stuff is going to mix together again for something, you know, useful. Uh, so I don't know. Um, the slider is good, but like, if you look at that cast, I don't know, a lot of people use that cast. You might see then minus nine run value and, and be happy. 
but uh, he has less whiffs, uh, worse put away percentage, a worse hard hit rate, and slug. And it just doesn't seem that those are the things that scream that it's better to me. Um, so yeah, and that note really resonated with me because, like, I'm you know relatively new to Statcast. Uh, looking at that, like, um, you know, within my in season process and end of season analysis. Um, so that's that's just like an that was kind of an eye opener to me, like because I see that you know I look at run value and and see that. So that was uh, this, that was a really interesting nugget you included in there. So yeah, and I think um, if anyone watched PitchCon. Um, by that was put on by pitcherless Nick Pollock had a presentation for the new PLV, the pitch level values that are that are coming out. Um, I think tomorrow. Um, and the one during his presentation, he talked about how, uh, like run values and PVAL, they were just that they were missing something for him. It was missing the uh, it was missing the event itself. You know who where was the pitch? Who was it pitched against? You know what was the count? All that stuff that going to be included when pitcherless rolled it out so um yeah. you know i don't know um yeah so sandoval um again so going back to the fastball versus righties uh 5.6 percent swinging strike rate um 22.6 percent csw uh and a 90 percent zone contact for a fastball so you can't even show that fastball doesn't even sound good. Yeah. Doesn't no, sound very good. <laughs> doesn't sound good. So I have no Sandoval and I have some some Detmers. Um, I think Detmers is a guy too. Like when you get to main event season and spring training, if he looks like he's super sharp, we might see this creep into the 160s, 170s, you know, mm. where where essentially he might, you know, where he essentially he should be talent-wise, you know. So yeah. Yeah, good yeah. point. Who do you want to talk about next? All right, Anthony Rendon, ADP 246 since January 1st. Uh, pretty wide range of min and max picks. Uh, min of 150, max of 282. Uh, definitely um, not considering him at 150, but you know at the 246 range, if you look at compare him to some of the other hitters in that range, Brian De La Cruz, Tristan Casas, Ezekiel Tovar, Luis Urias, Colton Wong. Um, you know these guys aren't aren't definitively better than Rendon has shown in the past. Um, but you know the big thing with Rendon is extensive injury history. Um, and I just look at the number of injuries he's had the past two years, 2021, uh, groin, knee, triceps, hamstring, hip. And then last year it was wrists. I mean, that's just like your entire body is, is like hurt basically. Um, but don't worry, but if, John Heyman said he's feeling fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's our, you know, our latest fantastic. note, uh, on Rotowire shows that, um, links to that, that, that clip, but, um, I mean, if you look at like the positive side of Rendon, right. I just look at his 2017, 2019 seasons with the nationals. They were really, really good, man. Like almost Freeman, like from third base. I, I have yet to go there, but I'm trying like, I don't know. I guess I'm not trying to sell myself on him just because I, I, I just don't want the injury risk, uh, in that range, but I don't know. I, I think there's a case for maybe taking a shot. I, I I'll pass. I'll pass every day. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the last three seasons, you know, you just, even when he played, you know, was he hurt when he played? You know, because you look at the OPS, yeah. the last two seasons, 915, 712, 706. Um, the battle rate, 6%, 5%, 8.3%, but the max EV, 107, 
106. Eh. No, that's that doesn't scream. Okay, so if you're gonna say he was hurt during those seasons as well, yeah. you know, while he was playing, then you know, what does that say about when he comes back now? Um right. I just say just get your third baseman before or after this, you know. Pick pick yeah, Yandy exactly. Diaz. We'll say it on every pick Yandy Diaz. He's healthy, he leads off. Pick Justin Turner. Um, you know, yep. I don't know. If 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 you if you find out in draft you're con- like constantly considering him, then yeah, pick pick Alex Bredman, pick Gunnar Henderson. Like go go and readjust that so you don't have to land on it. I I, I hope he comes back, but you know, the the last three seasons is um 674 plate appearances combined with 20 homers, you know, that's, that just doesn't scream. He's 30. He's going to be 30. He's going to be 33 in June. Yeah. So no thanks. Um, No thanks. And, and roster resource has him batting fourth. I just don't even see that happening, honestly. So I don't even know where the counting stats will land. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's like pass. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like somebody going a little bit later though. Um, Carlos Estevez, ADP two fifty eight since January first, coming off career best season ratio wise. Um, signed a two year deal with the Angels. Finally gets out of Colorado. Um, definitely uh, drastic splits between Coors Field and and non Coors Field uh, stadiums. ERA away from Coors is is over two points lower. Um, career 351 ERA, 126 whip away from Coors, mm-hmm. 557 ERA, 154 whip at Coors. Um, one of the the best um, 95th percentile in velocity, averages 97.5 miles per hour on his four-seamer, throws that usually between 65-70% of the time. And um, secondaries have been inconsistent, but last year they were they were pretty, pretty good. Um, so maybe he gets a little bit more confidence to throw them more. Um, with uh, Estevez, I have him projected for 23 saves. He come in, he comes in as my uh, 21st ranked closer. Just put out my closer rankings at rotowire.com. Um, and I just don't, I don't know. I, th- I don't think Jamie Hur gets really a, a huge threat for, for, a ton of saves just because um, they used them a lot earlier in games, kind of more the high leverage scenarios. Um, and Ryan Tapera is, is good. Um, he's had a 098 whip and 121 strikeouts over 118, two thirds over the past two years, but he's an upcoming free agent. If the angels are out of it, you know, they'll probably move on from him. Um and Estevez on the two-year deal. I just think, I just think he's the guy. I think he has 30 save upside. Um, 23 saves is about 55% of the the team save shares. Um, but, but like I said, if he's, he's uh, gets, gets opportunities earlier in the year, I, I can see, definitely see that 30 save upside. What about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I even have had him conservatively, in in my in my SGP ranks for like fifteen, um, and he still like landed about like three hundred ten combined rank, um, which yeah. is past his ADP and it wouldn't be a value. But if you put him up to twenty, he he is a value. He he moves up to about two hundred and fifty. Um, I do agree that probably Tapara and Herget aren't like closer material, even though they handle it pretty well. But I also think it gives them 
um, good shots for ancillary saves. You know, like they don't have to go to Estevez every day. Yeah. Um, but stark differences, like you mentioned, away from cores. Um, I put in the show notes, and anyone wants to check out this tweet from Matthew Matthew Cress, which is at M underscore K R E S S underscore, and he just shows the stuff plus from driveline um, for pitchers away and at cores. So um, the stuff plus for Estevez at home is 92. The velocity um, is the same, but the vertical break 14 inches, horizontal nine. Um, stuff plus away is 166. So it's the plus 74 stuff difference. The vertical break is two inches better, and the horizontal break is three inches better. It's pretty, it's pretty drastic. Um, and not only that, but if we just take a look at the, at I was just looking at the four seamer numbers at home and on the road. And so last year, um, on the road, he had a thirty-two percent O swing on his four seamer, twenty-six and a half percent at home. Swing a strike, fourteen on the road, eight and a half at home. Uh, CSW 26%, 19% at home. Um, really, really nuts, man. Just um, such a big difference yeah. in the pitch values. Uh, and I just think that, you know, everything, every every little metric that you can look at. Um, and I like him. I think it's a good, good shot of where he's going right now. You know, as you have him, 23 saves, that puts him around, you know, like where maybe Finnegan is, right? I mean, that's appropriately, I think, projected for. Um, and we'll see, you know, I don't know yeah, how much I, use, I don't know how much the usage patterns in the spring will really tell us with some of the newer guys, you know, because I know when they use, uh, you know, that's what they say, oh, the, the guy just using the fifth, he's the closer because that's after the starters kind of thing. And, you know, um, Everyone's going to be looking at that for sure. Yep. Houston right. Astros. Let's see. You made a great note here. Remarkably, Houston has an average of 10 players going inside the top 150. Only the Braves have that many. That's pretty fantastic. When you really just take a look at the, on a team level, just goes to show you yeah. why some teams are so successful. I mean, this is fantasy baseball, but still, it, you know, it replicates the um the value so you noted a whole bunch of pitchers here that are going um in that 200 range and um who do you want to talk about out of Lance McCullers Jr. Hunter Brown and Jose Okidi yeah um so with McCullers um it's, for him it's interesting for me like I I um I loved McCullers like a few years ago like he was on like all my keeper teams mm -hmm. um but like at his ADP range, 195, I'm, I'm usually looking elsewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, fill out my outfield or I'm looking at like Fairbanks, Sewald in this range. So I'm not really landing on him. Um, do you have McCull like, do you have McCullers anywhere? Do you like him? I don't. And for that, pretty much the same reason. I don't think he's yeah. bad pitcher at all. I don't think he's super good. I think he's on Houston, which is a bonus, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's similar, like, he had a similar path to upside as Reed Detmers, you know, but he can also, I don't know, be, 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 as you know, not as consistent. And, but I think the Houston thing that would make it really attractive, but like you yeah. mentioned, this is like 
fourth outfield territory or third outfield territory. Um, this yeah. is if you missed on saves, erect, it's Fairbanks, it's Seawald, um, or if you got to bump up any of the other relievers going behind. And it's a good bunch of average available here. And Jeff yep. McNeil, Luis Arias, um, Andrew Benintendi. So there is guys, you know, that go around this areas that keep me away and which leads like leads me going more toward there are other two pitchers that we'll talk about here. Hunter Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So Hunter Brown, he's uh he's next in ADP out of this trio, um, 259. Has uh, pretty steadily climbed James Anderson's top 400 prospects list over the past year. Um, this time last year, he was about 219 on that list, and he's currently ranked 27th. Um, so and it's been a, a gradual increase up his his prospect rankings. So um Currently projects as Astro six starter. Verlander's gone. McCullers is often injured. And um wondering about his role, like out of camp, if he doesn't like win a rotation spot, do you think he starts in the minors or do you think he's gonna be like a, a like a piggybacker long man out of the pen until a spot opens up in the rotation? Yeah, um, my my track record with guessing these things so far. I mean, recently I was on In the Cut podcast with Ryan Venancio and uh, John Fish and um, Chris Clegg, and they asked me if I thought the 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 Mets would start Peterson and Tyler McGill in the minors, and I said I didn't think so. But now they've come out and they've mentioned that more 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 looks likely that they will. Uh, I just hard for me to fathom keeping young arms. I guess yeah. like the like the new the new um motto they say is don't waste like why waste the bullets in the miners, you know? Right. Um But I think it's something important to consider, right? With with some is. of these guys, like with with the prospects, like yep. you know, there is a chance like they just may be riding your bench. Like if you draft them, like they just yes. might be on your bench and for a while. So you have to factor that into not only their projected playing time, but you know. Uh, totally totally agree that's the risk factor right there with hunter brown we like we know that there's a good possibility that he might not start with the team um and if i mean lance mccullough jr has that like one of those every other year things like some players have and his in his his innings pitched uh <laughs> he's due for an innings pitched um number above above 100 this year so uh but i think I think in a draft and hold, it's not terrible to take him if you really like his prospect, you know, to to just have him in there. And if he is a piggybacker to start or if he comes up later on, I still think he'll give you um, the ability to, you know, put up some decent numbers. Um, yeah, he's typically going like right around where, where Aaron Ashby's going. Um, and I've definitely wanted to like take some shots here with Brown, just, you know, and, and a lot of it's due to just Houston. Um, and the possibility of, of, of opportunity with, with the rotation spot. So, um, I was looking, um, a little bit into, you know, his minor league track record prior to last year, he was kind of like, you know, four ZRA pretty high whip. Um, and last year he walked 45 and 160, 106 triple A innings. Um, K rate was, was astounding, but, um, I was looking at it at his walks, but, um, you had a pretty good note there on, on that. You Are you not as uh, concerned about the walks? I don't think so. I know it's a small sample, but he threw a ball 29% of the time in Major League Baseball. Baseball HQ 
has a lot of um, research abstracts into ball percentage and how it converts into walk percentage. So if a guy has a ball percentage in a, a certain range, you can have an expected walk percentage of a certain number. And that usually how they show um, someone who might be a control gainer um, if there's any discrepancy in those two numbers. So last year he threw a ball 29% of the time in, in, in MLB. That's so baseball excuse conversion for expected walk percentage is about three and a half percent. So I'm not really super concerned about that last year um, going forward. I think that he's just probably going to have a pitch mix change and being on the Astros, I'm sure that they're going to guide him the right way. But right now, the curveballs in the zone, 6% less than league average. Um, the call strikes on the curve is 6% below league average. Um, zone contact is above league average. Um, and the slider, too, it's uh, not in the zone. It's 5% less in the zone. Um, the O swing is 2% less than league average on sliders. The CSW is 5% less than league average on sliders. And the hard hit is 8% above league average on sliders. Zone contact, are we putting in the zone above league average? So I just think that um, he's got to refine who he want, like what he wants to throw to which handedness. And I think being on the Astros, everything I just said probably sounds alarming and maybe it maybe it is, um, but again, it was such a small sample, and I think yeah. like he'll he'll figure out they'll figure out the pitch mix for him and the attacks are uh, for each you know each game plan for each batter each team. So um, I like the pedigree. I think it's solid. It's definitely a risky pick though. If you're more risk averse, you're probably not going to be drafting on a Brown um, at this early. This early, um, yeah. Again, once you know once Fab season comes along and spring training shows something different. Um, and we hear any news e either that he's going to be on the team in the bullpen or in the minors, you know, his ADP is going to go up or down for sure. Yeah. Jose. So let's move Kini, on to, to yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kini, Jose, I think we Kini. both like him. Yep. We both yeah. like him a lot. Um, especially in this, this ADP range of starting pitchers, the, um, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Molly, Ronzi Contreras, Sean Manaya, Michael Kopech, Suarez, Eflin Carrasco. I like, I'm looking to Rikidi out of out of those guys. Um, I do like a couple others, but not as I think for wins and just solid whip. I mean, Rikidi's just just solid man, and and I think uh, I think this is a great spot for Rikidi at ADP two eighty nine. I think so too. Um, he reminds me like uh, like an uh, like Jose Barrios. He's got molt like a kitchen sink of pitches that he could throw um that k percentage might not wow you but he's gonna gobble up innings on a good team um i have heard people mention that you know the reluctance to go to him down the stretch perhaps is a sign of things but to come but i don't i don't know he's just so solidly average right now that <laughs> yeah. i i don't see how they would want to just take you know and i think there's plenty of room to improve you know, um, all these pitches gr like grayed out really well. If if you're looking at tons of different pitching models, all his pitches turned out really well. So on Eno Saris's, um pitching model and stuff, Boston Pitching Plus, all the pitches rate really well. The four-seamer is 108 stuff plus. 
change a change up 106 cutter 107 slider 124 those are really good numbers um also in the second half i noticed that he increased his sliders versus righties and curved to lefties overall just decreased his fastball usage and in the second half the sierra went down from 4.3 to 3.8 k percentage up three percent o swing up three percent and one thing i would note that he was super unlucky in three two counts um this hat tip to toby batflip crazy who mentioned this years ago uh, about trevor trevor bauer not um achieving his k percentage success uh, i mean sorry zach plesak that was the guy uh, i knew it was one bag of shit um <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, shit. <laughs> yeah so the league average on on um k minus walk league average and and full count is minus three percent um his was minus 17 percent so wow. That just kicks back to, you know, even league average. That's kind of be a couple more Ks, maybe a couple less runs across the board. Um, again, that's not a tell-all statistic. It's just something I use to try to see if someone got lucky with strikeouts or unlucky, you know, in some way or another. Again, isn't it's not the it's not a metric that's gonna you know tell you more than K minus walk or anything like that. But it's just something I like to glance at every now and then to see if someone can expect some different type of fate on the pitches. So I, I, I just generally like this as an innings eater. He was the guy I was picking a lot at the end of my gladiator draft when I needed that sixth or seventh pitcher. I was taking him again, wins 13 last year, Uh, you know, just, a good pitcher across the board. And I just think that there's more room for him to get better. Yeah. Lots of fly ball. I mean, ERA is probably not going to be great. Lots of fly balls. Lots of what's ERA anyway. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a category in road. I know it's a category. Got to factor it in, bro. I know. Yeah, I know. But I think, I think, um, like I said, I think the improvement that he made in the second half, I think if they can, if they can stick around, um, I'll take that. Like if he if you're talking about a twenty two percent K rate, six percent walk rate for a full season, um, I'm on board, you know? Um again, yeah, he so he much. he's your SP five, SP six. It, it's just it's just a solid guy to put in there. If you have guys up top who are just anchoring your staff, he's just gonna help you along with solid innings and wins. So for sure. Um you noted here some catcher, uh Martin Maldonado. And yeah, Maldonado, um oh uh, ADP 594, pretty, pretty safe to assume he gets four to five starts a week. He's just so good with that rotation. You know, average is going to be low, but double digit homers. I mean, I don't know. Is, 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 is he, um, the type of guy like you would consider or does his average hurt you more in fantasy than his potential double digit homers would help? Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't, not going to pick Martin Maldonado. Um, yeah, yeah I haven't, I, don't think I haven't he, either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly would, I'd rather just wait, you know, 30, 40, 50 more picks. And you can look at Victor Caratini. You can look at Connor Wong. Um, you know, you can look at Brian Servin even later if you want to play the home game thing with him in a DC. I'm sure you'll get a couple of weeks where you're a couple of starting um periods where you'll have him in there. 
Um, it just brings down the average too much. Actually, it's a funny yeah. story, but last year I did have him on one of my DC teams and um, I was really, I was ahead in power, but, but I was struggling in average and I kept GTR in there hurt. I mean, um, right. well, I sorry, it was Danny Jansen. I kept Danny Jansen in there hurt versus playing him because I didn't need the power and the average mm-hmm. would have killed me. So I just decided to, you know, not play anyone there. Um, yeah, I did the same in a DC with with Maldonado last year too. I can't remember who it was for, but but it was I think it was a an eye opener. Like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't uh, draft him. Um, yeah. But I find it interesting that his uh, um, uh, his his backup um, Yiner Diaz is is going slightly higher in ADP, potentially starting you know once or twice a week. Um, and I think it's just because offensively he's just been so good. Uh, 105 games between double A and triple A last year, hit 306, 25 homers, 96 RBIs. Um, struck out only 16.3% of the time, but did chase pitches out of the zone, 38% clip. Um, util only to start the year in NFBC, but um, I, I don't know, like, First of all, I don't know if he's definitively the the catcher two behind Maldonado. Um, Corey Lee is also there. Um, had a pretty decent season at AAA last year, 25 homers, uh, but struck out a 20, 28.5% clip. So I don't know. It's uh, He's interesting to me. He's somebody I really like. Um, he was a former Guardians prospect. He, he was the, the part of the return for – or part of the package that, that Cleveland sent to Houston for Miles Straw. So I don't know. He got his, he made his big league debut last year. I, I think there's a lot to like if he's um, the, the, the number two behind Maldonado, but I, I don't think we can say that for sure. And I don't know what are your thoughts. Do you like him? I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the numbers, the numbers scream out. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff. Um, and again, too, like just one quick thing about the the real side of baseball is like the Astros don't need anything more out of Maldonado. They already yeah. won the World Series and they don't win a hundred games. So they don't need that offensive firepower kind of catcher, you know. Um, but yeah, he he's definitely definitely super solid. You know, Diaz um, hits the ball really hard. I think his minor league max EV was one hundred and thirteen. Um, pretty impressive. Um, I know the O swing is is pretty it's pretty up there. Um, but the zone swing is pretty high too. So I talk about that a lot. The Z minus O swing that um been looking at this for a couple of years now, and I still think it tells the, the better picture versus just looking at O swing because you could be aggressive in the zone, have good contact ability like he does, and hit the ball hard. So that chase will be negated more as long as you're being aggressive in the zone and hitting the pitches that you should. So um, yeah, I do it. It's, you know, he's UT only, like you mentioned to start the season. So um, just know that when you're, when you're taking him um, that he's not going to have catcher eligibility. So you're going to have to sit on that until, and if he, when he does, so it's a risky pick for sure, but there's definitely a lot to like from it. Yeah. Around 38, ADP right now on average. Um, and if he's starting like, you know, twice a week, I mean, that even if he is, does start the year in the majors, that wouldn't, 
you probably wouldn't get that eligibility to like early to mid May. So, and then are you really starting him at your util spot? Probably not. Cause he's only starting twice a week, probably at most. So. Yep. Yeah. But I, I, I have taken him as my hopeful catcher three, uh, eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Um, let's move on to the A's. Yes, let's move on to the A's. Not one player going before pick 207, and that man is Seth Brown. Um, interesting um, comp to him. It's um, Ron Chandler's Bab Systems. If you have Rotolab, it's it's incorporated in there this year at the start. So it, 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 it's a great little system. It's strictly, you know, I don't know all of the inputs. Um, I don't think anybody really does know all of the inputs, but it, it basically puts things on a simple, as simple of a scale as it can in terms of, you know, speed, power, average, and their their liabilities and getting hurt and and their experience. So, um, but what it does for me is it gives me, um, I mean, I have my spreadsheet that have fan graphs and that kind of stuff all conditionally formatted, and I can, you know, find like like minded players that way. But it's a it's a it's an extension off of Baseball HQ's Mayberry method again, which is simple simple way to look at a profile and a skill set. And then it just allows you to dig deeper to see, okay, how is this guy differentiated from this one? It could be pitch selection. It could be um, a whole bunch of other things. But, you know, when I go to Seth Brown, he's in an interesting little um, bucket. You know, um, they group players together that are similar and in, in, in similar assets. And he's with guys like um, Reese Hoskins, uh, Josh Jung, Ryan McMahon, Jack Peterson, um, and you know you could see the similarities in those profiles there. I'm not worried about the platooning issues. I know he stinks versus lefties, but who are they going to put in that's better than him actually batting versus those lefties? You know, Kristen Pache, I don't think so. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Kevin yeah. Smith, no. You know, uh, I don't know. I think too that with the signings of Aguilar. Um, and we'll get to another guy later, Ryan Noda. But I think I think I think he's gonna play left field or right field, and I think he's gonna get a good, good, um, a good amount of playing time. And and he's got a really solid profile, honestly. Besides the, um, the 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 bad splits versus lefties, he's he's really good. Um, yeah. he you know he steals, he hits for power, he pulls the ball, even in that bad park, he. he it's, it's still a threat there. Um, so I, I kind of like Seth Brown. Um, if, if, if you're really needing power in that spot of the draft, I don't, I don't see it being a bad pick going for him. And I, and I wouldn't just, I just wouldn't worry about the platoon issues. Like he got a lot better in the second half too, across the board. Um, you know, he his his slugging went up from three three ninety six to five oh seven. The OPS went from six sixty five to eight fifty five. WRC plus ninety one to forty seven. Um, hit more fly balls. Just I don't know. Just seems like a, a a real solid guy to have at this point in the draft if you want power. And I would say just don't be concerned with the splits because he's going to play, and I think he'll be better than um, some of the power assets that you'll find around him. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Estori Ruiz going to AEP 239? 
I, uh, I mean, he's certainly intriguing. If you look at his, I mean, just the minors last year, hit 332, 974 OPS, 85 steals, and Ooh. 99 attempts in 114 games. That's that's 0.87 stolen base attempts per game. It's just, that's insane. Um, I mean, he seems likely to open 2023 in the majors and play every day, but but there's a possibility he starts in the minors. And I just, that's where I, I kind of get held up just a little bit. Um, I haven't planted on him yet and I want to, but I just haven't. Every time I like think I'm going to go there, someone else either jumps them or I just chicken out. So do you have any Asturi Ruiz? I have him in one draft. Um, I think it's one draft and it was, I don't really, I don't like it at the price um, at all. And I don't like putting all your eggs into like stolen base bet. Like if you're relying on one guy to get 40 or 50, that means like if they don't, then you're not going to do well in steals. Most likely, unless you're backing them up with a lot of other like rabbit types, which I don't condone doing. Um, You mentioned about the possibility of him starting in the minors I mean, I think it's a small possibility, but it I it's definitely a possibility. Um, I know roster resource shows him as starting, but another site that I actually use, Pro Baseball Radar, doesn't have him starting in the majors right now. Um just think like people think of like the A's, they're rebuilding, they suck. And like they just probably just jump to the fact like he should play but i think i just think it's important to just remind yourself it's maybe not <laughs> maybe not uh, right right it, i think that's that i think that's what you have to go through when you process these draft picks and process the yeah. projected like yes do you project him to he should if he doesn't start you could definitely say yeah i feel safe he might be there in may june um but you should have those conversations with yourself and not just assume that he's gonna play you know um like I said, I, yeah. I I don't think it's a great possibility starts in the minors, but the possibility is there. Um, they can easily go with Loriano in center, right? With Capel and Connor um Connor Capel and Seth Brown on each end, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then you have Pache, you know, like what are they gonna do with him? Is 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 he gonna are they gonna DFA him? Um I don't know. Right. It's, it's it's yeah he's he's interesting, interesting. to me I, I i i tend to agree that his adp is a little too early but um you just see that like 80, 85 steals yeah that's i mean that's nuts like he he, he had a max ev of 1086 in the minors but it was 100 in the majors uh i'll go back to z minus o zone swing minus o swing is 22 percent, 64 percent zone swing and 42 percent o swing um, again, like, uh, average MLB average is 37% Z minus O. And obviously that can come in different forms of zone and O swing, right? But the best guys in the league are Kyle Tucker, Jeff McNeil, um, just solid hitters. Um, I don't know in the minors. He had a great K K to walk too, right? OPS swing strike rate. All that stuff was really good. Um, yep. you know, again, Kemp is there, right? He played 60-plus games in the outfield. Um, and I kind of like Jordan Diaz to play second, you know, this year a lot. Um, I like his profile, and I just wonder if that puts Kemp into more outfield games, right? Um, again, I think, yep. like, Loriano can play center. 
um, as well. And then, and then you have Aledmus Diaz. You know, he played outfield games. He's played 53 in the past two years. But I'm kind of thinking he's probably going to be more of a shortstop play with Nick Allen, like playing over Nick Allen. Um, but if he does float around yeah. again, it's more outfield time. So I don't know. It's um, always to say that you Ruiz is definitely. I did take him in one draft because my build was, again, I you know I'll do I do a decent amount of DCs where diversification is cool, um, and. It was a build that included like Christian Walker, Anthony Santander. Um, I had I had big power guys, you know, and um, yeah, I was like, okay, like this speed would make sense on my team, and I took him. I think it was in the two fifties, two sixties, and I mean, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I was just shooting for that. Hey, if this works out, then again, I wouldn't take him on a lot of my teams. It's probably going to be the only share I get, but um. Just right, to have exactly. one too, right? In yeah. case, in case you don't miss out, it's it's one of those Just two. FOMO. <laughs> you know, it's the FOMO, you, right? Yeah, right. If you have seven leagues and and you're like, well, I got them in one, you know, you can still like take some solace into the fact that you didn't miss out completely. Um, let's let's um, we mentioned Ryan Noda before we turn turn to your um, avenue of the closers. Um, Ryan Noda ADP five seventy two is a Rule Five pick, um, so he's got a shot. Uh, at a good role right out of the gate. Um, obviously, they don't have to carry him if they don't feel like he's suitable to make the team. But um, they have to, you know, he's going to be on the roster to start. Um, definitely interesting stat line in the in AAA last year with the Dodgers. Um, and again, he's going at ADP 572. Um, my my whole thing with him is I, I would think like uh, he had a max TV of 111.6 in the minor, so pretty solid. But he was really super old for the level. Um, they just brought in Jesus Aguiar and they still have the Dermis Garcia just hanging around being annoying, but like, just be careful. I say, just don't reach for him just because you think he's going to be the next rule five splash, you know, uh, five seventy two doesn't sound, um, it sounds late, but it's still not really. There's some, still some decent players going around there in terms of save specs um, Bobby Dahlbeck is right next to him, and I, I honestly, I think I'd prefer Dahlbeck because I've seen him in the majors, you know, yeah. and it's a similar profile. Um, without the speed, I guess, because he stole twenty bags in AAA last year. But I don't know; it, it, it's tough. I, I listen. I got him in round forty nine, um, right, and that was after he got picked in the Rule Five draft. So it's not like oh, he climbed up. It was a couple of weeks after that, and he was still sitting there at forty nine. I picked him, you know, like, and I think like if you go back to that ADP range, um, I'm cool with it. It's um, it could be it could definitely be a big splash for you, but I'm still not sold on like an automatic click every time at 572. Yeah, I agree. I think I think people see like a 396 OBP, 25 homers, 20 steals, you know, Triple A last year, but you know it was with a 28% K rate, you know, at the major league level. It's probably Likely that he's would be over thirty percent there. Uh, low contact rate, not really ranked highly um, in the prospect world. Uh, James Anderson's got him three fifty seven on his top four hundred. So, yeah, I, I I agree. It's you know similar to Surrey Rees. It's like a it's like one of those like FOMO things. Like I, I want like one, but I don't want too much. So, yeah, right. Right. So, so some similar, um, 
some similar comps for his his age um, and his level. I'll just read off a couple of names. Again, this is using an awesome tool over at Prospects Live. Um, it's a hitter comp tool. I, I, I don't know if this... D Dylan White, who created this tool, has moved to Baseball America, so I don't know what the future is for these comp tools, so I don't want anyone to head over to Baseball um, to Prospects Live and be like, oh, what happened to these hitting tools? I really honestly don't know. I just uh, just a small disclaimer because I know people who have gone to Prospects Live and, and have used this. But even even then, their all their content is really good there. So um, you should just go subscribe anyway. Um, but I'll just give you a list of players who have done similar to Ryan Noda. And again, this is walk percentage, home runs, um, home runs per nine, K percentage, OPS, ISO, WRC plus, all that stuff. Ground ball percentage, swing and strike, a whole bunch of categories that we're always looking at fantasy. And, here we go. Um, they, again, it's just AAA and being 26 years old. We have Dalton Kelly. I don't know who he is. Uh, Andrew Brown. I think I remember him. Ison Diaz. Never made the majors, so cleanly. Jason Perry. Jarrett Parker. I don't know who these guys are. So San Diaz. He was with the Marlins. I've been. No, no. I know. I know. But he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's yeah. not nothing now. Again, this, nothing, yeah. this tool, if anything, for not like projecting um fantasy value is a great tool to just see like oh this this skill set made the majors you know right mm -hmm. and none of those guys drew ellis is like the last guy i can remember that had a, a cup of coffee and i don't know where again and and i was all over drew ellis so i'm not gonna make this mistake again <laughs> <laughs> drew uh, ellis fan club all right oakland athletics bullpen they signed trevor may in the offseason and immediately he's getting a whole bunch of love going adp of 302 um we have danny jimenez there domingo acevedo aj puck moving to the rotation perhaps um so your floor is yours talk about them in any which way order you want and tell me what your thoughts are here in this fucking mess yeah it's pretty messy and remember it's the a's um, so no matter who you speculate on, it's <laughs> not likely to come with many saves. But um, Trevor May at ADP 302, I think it's too early for someone who probably isn't their closer. Um, remember, he signed for a one-year deal. Uh, type of reliever that contending teams will covet at the deadline. So uh, even if he is their closer to start the year, uh, it could be just four months of closing, and that could be like 10 saves. So um doesn't have a history of getting a ton of saves um perennial home run issues uh new park probably helps with that a bit but um yeah i'm i'm fading trevor may at adp 302 i i will not have any any of him um next in adp aj puck 396 um melissa lockard of the athletic uh Posted an article recently um, covering the the A's closer options. Did mention Puck the plan to potentially shift him to the rotation. I don't know if that plan would stick, um, but at ADP three ninety six, I, I like that. No matter what role he's in, I like him as a starter there. And uh, if he sticks in the bullpen, I like him there too. Um, if they shift him out of the bullpen, they'd be kind of short on 
at least decent left-handed relievers. Uh, I think Sam Mull would be the like best lefty in their pen if Puck was not in the bullpen. So, uh, but yeah, I like Puck regardless. Uh, and in that same article on the Athletic, uh, she mentions Danny Jimenez is the is the favorite to win the closer job. Um, ADP since January first is six forty two. It's pretty late, but we'll likely see that climb with this with this in our article uh, coming out. Uh, Jimenez did make a uh, immediate impression last year. He he broke camp with the A's last spring. Uh, got his first big league save and just his third appearance. And he went 13 appearances before allowing his first earned run of the season. But shoulder issues multiple times. Didn't address it this offseason. Uh, walk rate close to 13%. Um, I just don't – I don't see it. Um and especially if his ADP climbs, like I did, I did actually just, just take my first Jimenez share in round 48 of a DC, but I'm not excited about it at all. Um, and I would much rather speculate on, on Domingo Acevedo. He's probably my favorite reliever from this pen, um, at least based on at least non-puck reliever. Um, posted a top 25 whip among qualified relievers last year, 0.99. Changeup was really good. Uh, K rate wasn't astounding uh only 21.8 percent but uh 15.9 swing strike uh might be a sign that he could uh post a little bit better k rate uh this next year so i still think i think i have acevedo for 12 saves projected i think i think that's um probably the people uh at least based on adp now in this jimenez news uh people will probably target him least of these four but (laughs) he's my favorite of the four so it's, but regardless, it's a mess. Um, and it's one I would not like target heavily in, in drafts. So I agree. I'm not, I haven't targeted them. I, ha- I don't have any of them in draft champions. I probably will not have any of them in fab season as well. Um, also too, like in, in, if I don't know how it's going to break out in spring training, but it could be one of those situations where we still don't know. And then everyone kind of gets drafted in a, at the yeah. like at the end of a fab league, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm staying away for the time being. Um, I mean, it's know, one of the, the toughest divisions of baseball, too. Like like Angels got better, Rangers got better. <laughs> like yeah, yep, yeah. And I know the balanced schedule, but like it's still like not ideal. And the well, A's got worse. Yeah. So yep, and and with AJ Puck thing, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I. I Definitely like his ADP, and it could go both ways for reliever or uh, starter. The thing is, like they 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 have Kyle Muller right now as, as the sixth like starter in the in the minors. Um, they also have JP Sears, who's listed on roster resource in the minors. You know, they signed Drew Asinski and um, Fujinara, but like we don't know if they're gonna start or they're swing men. You know. Um, yeah. So it seems like a log jam at starting pitching, but there's a great article by Jeff Zimmerman, of course. Jeff Zimmerman always writes great articles. Um, but he shows the estimation for um it's called really pitcher to starting pitcher inning estimations, and he just did what uh, Jay-Z normally does and runs a whole bunch of data. He had some great threshold that he involved in it. And it just showed like, what can you reasonably expect for someone making that bump? Right. And he concluded that 
as long as he's healthy, we can reasonably expect him to add 80 innings to his previous year. So he had 66 last year. So reasonably, we can expect 146, which wouldn't be bad at all, right, um, with his skill set. So that would be very, very interesting. And I think that it would be um, very good. Well, no, it would be very good. So I think after reading that article, um, I, I definitely bumped him up a little bit as a possibility in uh in draft champions leagues, you know, and um, if if he's out there throwing well in in spring training and they announce that he is the starter, um, it'd be it's gonna be interesting. He might shoot up to. I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little bit more uh pessimistic on the idea of him moving to the rotation. Not not just I don't think he would do good. I just don't think he was finally healthy last year. Finally, in like a full season of relief, like. Two seasons prior to that, um, 2020, 68 days with a strain left shoulder, 2021, missed 51 days, strain left bicep. Like, he was finally healthy, like, and he was good. Like, just, I don't know. Yeah, but. Just leave him alone, you're saying? <laughs> leave him alone, yeah. Leave him alone. And, you know, and it could result in, you know, six, seven wins and six, seven saves and great ratios and decent strikeouts so yeah but you know that's not to say that i would be upset if they did shift in the rotation because i think there's some some appeal there too but uh yeah but uh yeah let's move on to the mariners yes um, the seattle mariners next up in the al west uh first question cal rally adp 163 are you comfortable with them as your catcher one i am honestly um I usually have a catcher before that range um, at ADP 160-ish. I am a very heavy catcher drafter. Um, I just recently picked Cal Valley as my second catcher behind JTR. Um, I think he actually, he, he may, yes, he was involved in that same team I mentioned with um, Astorio Ruiz. So I had pretty heavy power build that I, I kind of wanted to offset, but um. I like it. I, I I just I just love the 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 gamemanship of the guy too, right? As you mentioned in your notes, like he played with a broken thumb and torn ligament. Um, he is Kyle Schwarber. He's essentially Kyle Schwarber. Like same, a lot of the same metrics across uh, a board as Kyle Schwarber. He got better in the second half too, which is pretty fascinating. Fifty two percent. Hold home run per fly ball percentage. Uh, league average is 37. He's a big time pull hitter. Um, it's exit velocity on fastballs is 94 miles per hour, 114 max EV. 30, 36% of the balls that he hits in the air go over um, 100. So it's just a really solid power bat. Um, in the second half, um, again, I'll go to that Z minus O, right? League average on O swing is 33%. He was at about 35%. But he swung in the zone about 79%. So his D minus O is like around 43%. That's great because of that contact that he makes. It, it's it's super solid. But the um the swing and strike rate went down in the second half. The K percentage as well. Um, the slug went up. OPS went from 755 to 793. WRC plus everything went off. The, um, the amount of um, soft percentage balls he hit went down, and he increased his his pulled fly ball percentage, and which I think is just essential to have as a power threat on your team. 
Um, so I'm 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 all about rally. Like honestly, if you want to pull up him and Kyle Schwarber, you can look at them side by side, and and they're pretty equal. And I just think for the for that catcher position, if you could bank on like uh, you know a 25 home run season where he is, um, I'll take it. You know, hundred percent. I prefer him as my yes. two, but but if yes. I have to get him as my one, I I'm I, I'm not opposed to it. Perfect. Yeah, he moves up for me just because he's got a cool nickname too. So, what's but, the nickname? Uh, the Big Dumper. Oh, the Big Dumper. Whew. I wonder yeah. if um he got that nickname in the clubhouse. Um, <laughs> taking big dumpers. It's funny because I'm watching the I'm watching the Shack documentary on HBO. It's like a multiple part series. It's hysterical. If anyone's a Shack fan or basketball fan or sports fan. I'll never have another guy like Shaq in in sports, like the personality wise. But Rick Fox told the story. It's like, thank goodness that he couldn't fit into the bathrooms on the plane and on the bus because it, it wouldn't have been like legal for him to be able to go in the bathroom. So, not that anyone <laughs> wants to hear a bathroom story, but here you go. You know, this is what you get when you come to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Uh, who we got next uh, after the big dumper? Yeah, Colton Wong, ADP two forty four. Just hearing a lot of. Uh... You know, people saying he's cooked. Um, Platoon risk is very obvious. Um, was sitting frequently against left-handers last year. I think only 22 starts against lefties. Um, you know, super uh, uh, effective against right-handers, though. Um, does go from hitter-friendly park in Milwaukee to a less favorable one in Seattle. Uh, no longer like a top of the lineup guy. He's probably middle to bottom third of the Mariners batting order when he's in the lineup. Um, and in his ADP range for middle infielders, uh, we're looking at Jorge Mateo, Mondesi, Ezekiel Tovar, Luis Urias, Hassan Kim, LeMahieu, Morel, Brendan Rodgers. Um, I'm not like going out of my way to target Wong, but he's averaged 23 stolen base attempts over the last three full seasons. Uh, had several homers in each of them. And it's just proven to be just solid against righties. So um, I, I'm sure that he's going to platoon with at second with, with Dylan Moore, probably. I, th I think Moore's the probably platoon partner there. Um, but um, I'm not like, he fell in one of my recent DCs and I ended up taking him for my middle infield spot because he, he fell past the, the 244 range. So I was like, you know what? Like, double digit homers and steals we like you know we think of fantasy double digit homer steals like still still pretty appealing so i'm not like completely off that off that train yet i um i'm not completely off the train but i am not i'm not paying a fare ryan <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i'm i'm not um i don't know you're jumping on the back of the, the train, like to hitch a ride to the next town. Right. Which I am completely yeah. not athletic enough to pull off um, <laughs> at all. You know, that would be the end of Rob D for sure. Um, you know, uh, yeah. but I don't know. He, he's got, let's see, an OPS plus first lefties <clears throat> of 62 last year. It's been under 90 for three of the last five years. 660 OPS in his career. The hundred and thirty point difference from his right handed, um, for from you know versus righties, um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm staying away. He, he started two games versus lefties after the All Star break last year, and that could be the Mariner thing. You know, that could be a whole, you know, because the Mariners platooned everyone. You know, Urias and yeah, Jace Peterson, and it, it's it, it was oh, Brewers, annoying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sorry, the Brewers. Yeah, and and um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just off. I'm off in that range. I, I honestly give me Tovar, give me Luis. Julius, give me Kim, give me even Morel. Honestly, I I know we'll pop, you know we'll get to the NL side of it. You know when we reach the Cub, but he's interesting. I just think like I'd rather shoot for that upside of what he could bring with power and speed. Um, so I, I I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be drafting Colton Wong. I think this year. All right, let's move on to Mariners. The uh, arm barn. Options. The arm barn. What do you got here? Uh, really out. Really exciting bullpen here. They lost uh, Eric Swanson uh, on the trade to acquire Tiasca Hernandez, but um, got a quartet of really exciting relievers. Um, Andres Munoz, he, he comes a little, little bit ahead of uh, the 150 ADP threshold at 144, but I think it's worth uh, noting a few things with him. Um, I always go back to like the contract he signed. You know, people say like he only got four saves. But, you know, I go back to that contract um, prior to last season. It bought out his remaining arbitration years. They they just don't have any reason to, like, limit his ninth inning exposure anymore. Like, I know they like using him as the high leverage guy, bring him in earlier. But I just think the the potential for for double digit saves is is certainly there. And he showed last year that he can be dominant when healthy. His uh, 32.7% K minus walk. Uh, percentage was second best among qualified relievers um, 089 whip and for those who play in holds leagues he had 26 uh, saves plus holds so um, his fastball was uh, uh, average triple digits 100.3 miles an hour uh, did get kind of hit hard uh, 338 batting average against 500 slugging but um, you know when when you're throwing triple digits and, and your sliders pretty elite. I mean, it's, it's just really exciting. Um, biggest concern with him is just health, uh, had off season foot surgery, Tommy John in the past. Um, and as of February 1st, he's been out of a walking boot for two weeks and has begun a throwing program, but, um, there is some health risk to remember when considering him, especially at this ADP, um, and, um, you know, we'll talk about some of his, his competition for saves. Uh, um, but uh, any anything else on Munoz before we move on? Um, I mean, he's, I think he's a fantastic arm. He's a definitely a real good option um, in this pen and for your teams as well. Um, again, I, I don't know. I don't know the exact situation that the Mariners are going to have laying forth here, but it's hard for me to expect so many save from him. Um also too, yeah. you know, like you see how hard it is for like relievers to just continuously dominate, you know? Um 
this yeah. this this ADP of one forty four is crazy. Like in Gladiator draft, I took him like in the round like around one seventy one eighty, and that was mostly for like I think in Gladiator, you know, you don't have the time if anyone's not familiar it, the Gladiator format was on the NFBC, and it's basically you draft your twenty three starters, and that's it. Um, you get all the stats from the guys you drafted, so you don't have to time him getting saved. You don't have to play that. Oh, you know, how do I know if he's gonna get a save this week and start him? But you're gonna get good ratios and some saves. But the fastball is interesting, right? You said it hit hit a hundred, hits a hundred, um, and the vertical attack angle on it is three point nine degrees, which is insanely elite. Um, but the O swing, swing strike, zone contact. Or all league average. Like, and yeah. some of it is like teetering on below it. Uh, and the hard contact is 10% above league average. I don't understand how it happened. Maybe you guys are sitting on it. Maybe it's a tipping thing. Um, but I'm a little weary of the foot injury. Um, and yep. uh, yeah, the, I don't the know. foot injury, I, the ADP, the ADP, like, is tough. like as. As excited as I am about Munoz, I have him projected for 17 saves, which which would be about 40% of the Mariners' saves. Um, I think that might be a little high. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic with it. Um, and he's my 13th ranked closer, but Hot um, this, yeah, these these next um, several weeks, you know, pitchers and catchers report next week are gonna gonna tell us a lot. I think of you know whether or not we should scale that back or. Um, or at least me. Um, but I think, I think the ADP is a little high, um, despite how elite he was last year. Now, Paul Sewold, um, ADP 180 since January 1st. Um, he also had offseason surgery. He had a cleanup procedure on his right elbow and he had heel surgery. Uh, he is on track for spring training after those procedures. Um, had 20 saves last year, which was 50% of the, the, the team save share. I scaled that back. I have them for projected for 17 as well for 40%. Um, fly ball pitcher gives up a lot of home runs, but 077 whip was the best of his career last year. If he's healthy, he's, he's someone I, I would be targeting, um, you know, around this range, uh, especially as like kind of a closer too. Um, and then uh, I think with Munoz and Sewold's off-season uh, procedures um, just makes me really interested in in the guys going much later. Um, first for me is Diego Castillo at ADP 589. Is, he's one of my biggest targets in that range. I think he could have a lot bigger impact in the saves category than most think, especially early in the year um, with Munoz and Sewell coming off those surgeries. Uh, Castillo's strikeout walk. Uh, rates went in the wrong direction last year um, and his whiff rate fell uh, about six and a half percentage points from where it's historically been, but he does have closer experience on his side, solid career whip 108 and 10.3 uh, case per nine. So um, I really like Castillo a lot. And then uh, just the last reliever to discuss Matt Brash, uh, ADP 459, um, like Castillo a lot more at his price, but, but Brash showed, you know, once he transitioned to relief last year, he could be an electric arm, 43 strikeouts and 30 and two thirds as a reliever. Um, 
he had one of the league's worst walk rates last year, almost 15%, but only walked 4.7 batters per nine as a reliever compared to 7.7 batters per nine as a starter. So, um, so yeah, he's someone to consider. Um, I think I have him for five saves and Castillo for seven. I might bump Castillo's up in my next uh, rankings update uh, next month, but uh, definitely some interesting arms here. I like, I like, I like all these guys basically. Yeah, all those all those arms are solid. Um, I like Sewell, I think the most overall. But yeah, you know, again, right elbow cleanup. Like what what are you cleaning up? The heel. Like what heel was it? I can't find what fucking heel it was. It's driving me nuts. Like I just want everything I research, right foot and heel, right foot and heel. I mean right elbow and heel, right elbow and heel, right elbow and heel. What fucking yeah, and it's not deal. in it's not in the the forecast either because it was after the season so <laughs> it's like not Christ, listed there. Driving driving yeah. me nuts. Is it on the plant leg? Is it on the push leg? I just want to know. I mean, he's got he's got he's got that sidearm delivery right. So to me, I just think that like more of the weight is on top of his body as he's crouching down instead of striding forward. He's like striding like toward third and forward. You know, so yeah, you know. Center yeah, of gravity. He, that was an adjustment he made in 2021 was the, right. the release point. Yeah. 100%. And it really, you know, his strikeout rate really benefited from that. Um, right. Right. Now his strikeout rate fell back a little bit last year, but I still think, you know, it was right around 30%. So still think there's a lot to like with him, but yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah the injuries the are a little concerning. So. Right. That four seamer is like, like comes in with that like VAA from a, from a lower arm slot. So batters have a hard time picking up that pitch, which makes him so effective. Um, so I, but I still be, I think more in Ensuov for sure over Munoz because of the ADP. Um, Diego Castillo. I love, love, love him. I think we talked about him before me and you, um, you know, I just think that, in the first half of the season, um, he had the second highest leverage index on the team, and he had seven wins and six saves. This is before July 25th. He had a shoulder impingement, and he came back, and while like velocity and stuff was the same, the release point was a little off. He just like a little, you could tell he was a little like labored. Um, but I don't know. I think I think we're missing something here as 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 a as a community that's always obsessed with injuries right injuries this i mean he he he's pick, he's pitching in the world baseball classic diego castillo so he, he he's going to be pitching unlike yep M- munoz and seawalt right again we're always obsessed we're talking about oh don't pick grom he's hurt this guy's this blah 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 right Fernando tatis he's not going to be able to swing again uh and, and then yet we we're staring at two Injured relief pitchers, right? And we're staring yep. at a guy with a history of shutting games down. Again, six in the first half last year. He was on pace for, you know, like 10 wins and in, in, in 10 saves. Um, yeah. They showed in previous year, right, with Drew Steckenrider, was kind of like that guy who came in and sneakily took a lot of saves when we weren't like, oh, like Steckenrider? You know, so I think personally that we're missing the ball here a lot on Diego Castillo. Maybe he's not the same pitcher he was. Maybe he won't be as effective, and maybe I'll be totally wrong. But um, like you said, 35 career saves, career 10.3 Ks per nine. 
Um, give me him. Yeah, Give me I'll him. take If him all you're day. do, Yeah. if you're doing an OC right now, an early OC, this is this is the guy you take in the thirtieth round, because Yeah, exactly. in spring training starts and those guys aren't ready, and the season starts and he's the he's getting closers, spot. Holy moly, right? Um, and it's the Mariners, Yep. like it's the perfect team to speculate on. <laughs> you know, like Well, we know he's going to get saves regardless. He's right. going to. Like, He's going to get it regardless, so, even yeah. if the other two guys are healthy <laughs> and they're not healthy. Yeah. So I think we're missing Yeah. something there. You know, um, Matt Brash, ADP 459, take him there. Take him there. Taking skills Yep. overall with this, right? Um, this is a simple skills overall guy. Um, I mean, I mean, he 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 basically like you take what he does in a limited sample size, um, And in the second half, he was so much better as a reliever. We we all knew that, right? Um, he came back and just super, super good. But um, again, if you go to um Chris Langan, who's uh, Langan Tots thirteen on Twitter, he works for Driveline. Whole thread, you know, brashes at Driveline, actively trying to add a pitch. This guy's telling why if he adds a sinker or a cutter, why he'll be so much more devastating, and. It all has to do, I, I mean, if you want the, the thread or you could just just search Twitter for Brash Driveline, you'll see it. Um, and it explained perfectly why if he masters some different location spots, he's going to be so hard to hit. And again, you know, we just talked about AJ Puck. Like, what if he's a hybrid guy, Brash, right? They have six good starters. They have flex in, you know, like it, as a guy that can go in and out too. They have a whole bunch of guys In the minors, too, ready to come up. Um, what if he's just the ultimate weapon? He gets three out save, uh, three inning saves. He he gets vultured wins, and he's an elite arm. So I think that's the guy you just take at four fifty nine and, and just say, in a draft champion, he's going to be in your starting lineup a, a lot of the time, you know, because of injuries or just him blossoming possibly. Um, so and then. We haven't mentioned another guy who's coming back from injury, but Casey Sattler was really good two years ago, right? And we don't know what to Sure expect was, from yep. him, but he like they've always talked so well about him. You know, the coach, the GM, they've always praised Casey Sattler. So it's another arm that we'd have to consider. Probably more of a you know, um, you know, uh, high leverage, like I guess in the early innings. But it, it's just um, it's a it's a great pen but i think it's good it's it's so useful in so many different ways so i don't think you can go wrong with any of these guys from the pen just Yeah, what you need you know all for right sure. let's close it out All texas right. rangers what do we got here Yeah, socks and pitching. Um, first, let's just stick with the closers. stick with it Levi Weaver of the Athletic um, had a had a good article recently uh, after speaking with general manager Chris Young. Said uh, Leclerc, Jose Leclerc, ADP one seventy three, obvious front runner for the closer role. I thought it was interesting. He had a he had a he had a good note in there in his article about um, ever since Joe Nathan last closed in, for Texas in 2013. So that's nine years. They've had 37 relievers combined for their, their last 317 saves. Jesus. It's just, that's a lot. <laughs> um, so I don't know if they're necessarily seeking that, that lockdown obvious guy. Um, probably are like every team who wouldn't want that, but But in terms of uh, options, um, Chris Young, the, the GM, mentioned uh, Jonathan Hernandez, Brock Burke, Ian Kennedy, who's a non-roster invitee, 
uh, Danny Duffy and Brett Martin as closer options, which was which was odd because he's Martin's supposed to miss most of 2023. Um, and he didn't mention Joe Barlow, whose 24 saves are fifth fifth most on the team since 2014. So I don't know how necessarily in tune uh, <laughs> the Rangers GM is with the closing scenario, but but um, Mike Maddox, uh, pitching coach, um, didn't really dismiss the idea. 100% of like Brock Burke potentially closing. Um, did say Brock is capable of pitching 100 plus innings. Said I'm not sure he gets that in the closer role, but is a valuable valuable member of the bullpen. Can pinch a number of different roles, so don't discount the possibility of him getting some opportunities this year. And, and Kennedy's just been, you know, not been the greatest pitcher, but he definitely has the most experience in the in this pen in the ninth inning. Uh, Leclerc, I know you're a big fan of his. Um, I've taken him in drafts this season, so uh, I think he's. I would agree that he's the obvious front runner for saves, but I didn't didn't really go crazy on his save projection. I think I have him for yeah, 16 saves, my 22nd ranked closer. Um, what are your thoughts on this pen? Uh, I mean, you know what I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I I like Jose Leclerc. I mean. He he does have his warts, yes, but um, you know, he just came back from his injury too. Uh, I think we we all kind of known that like your that first year coming back from um the Tommy Johns, like it it's the it's the command that comes back, right? You know, last um the stuff plus on his fastball yeah. was fantastic. It was uh top twenty five in the league. Um, the location on it was off, but. That's I think that's something that can be, you know, improved pretty quickly. Um, well, and, and see, and that's what I look at. Like, I'm not like a super I don't go like super deep like you do on a lot of these players. So I see last year's fastball got crushed, but I don't see that, you know, you made a good point about his his, his stuff on it was was fantastic. So not to entirely dismiss the fact that it didn't perform well last year right. and it could this year. Yeah. And I just look too, like uh, his first half, like um, a twenty percent K rate, second half thirty percent K rate. Um, just this, he's just really such a good pistol. I, I mean, I, I, I really, I think I just said pistol, which I meant to say. <laughs> I had missile in mind because he does in the article it said that he does throw missiles, and he does. I feel like when he, he has like such an, he has like um, <laughs> a pistol is a good one. <laughs> Uh, when you you know when you gotta go real bad you you need to take a pistol um <laughs> uh, but he he got that like where the ball just explodes out of his hand you know he got that easy easy wind up like kind of like mariano the ball just like flies out of his hand and boom hits the plate but um <laughs> <laughs> gonna forever equate Jose Leclerc's fastball with the pistol. With a pistol. Um, but in the second half, though, so, uh three two six Sierra, two two five two uh FIP. Um again, K K to walk was 30 30 30% K and eleven percent walk is fine. And one thing I will talk about a lot too with pitchers is the ball percentage, right? He he does throw a lot of percentages of his pitchers for balls. Uh but again, I, I think in that second year um coming back he's gonna that'll get a little more refined um we've seen what he can do at his peak 
you know, uh, but the zone contact that can have 76%, O swing 37%, all really way better than league average. So um, I personally think that he starts off as the closer, get the fair amount of leash. Yeah. And I think that if anything too right now, I do really like Barlow's ADP um, because I think it's, I yeah, I think it's sneakily good as um a backup um let me just bring up his adp i thought i had it in the 572 572 um take him instead of ryan noda um but (laughs) (laughs) his right answer yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. uh it's you know i don't know that's the way i think it's going to go down they do have a lot of arms i do think brock burke is going to be more of that 100 inning thing that they think he's going to clip i think he's going to be that guy um yeah yeah, because I think a well, lot if of you look at Bruce Bochy too, like the new manager in Texas, probably wants that that one guy. And if Leclerc's pitching well, yeah, he's probably surpasses that that sixteen save projection I have him for. But um, yeah, I think he, he's he's clearly the the front runner here, and and I like backing him up with with Barlow if you take the shot later because just Barlow's just so cheap, and he's proven he's he can done it, he can do it, so. Yeah, and um, you know, Levi Weaver also has a very good article on the Athletic for um how Bochi did handle his his bullpens when he last um managed, you know, and he compared it to like mm-hmm. to San Diego managerial stint and then the San Francisco managerial stint. Um, and a lot of people actually tend to think that a lot of the rule changes that came was because of like. A lot had to do with how he managed San Francisco in 2016 um, and in 2012. He just had like a, just a lot of quick, a lot of quick hooks that you can't do now because of the three, three batter minimum, you know, um, and just a ton of relief appearances that he also took advantage of when the rosters expanded. So again, it's a, it's a really good article. It, it, it's kind of like, you don't know how it's going to play out now because it's a different app. It's a different environment. It's just MLB with the roster restrictions now. It doesn't go up in September, you know, with the three batter minimum and everything. So we kind of we can look at previous history of how Boshi handled it, but we can't really determine like if that's going to be what it is going forward. But if anyone does have the athletic, it's a really, a really cool, a really cool dive. I think Levi Weaver is one of my favorite writers out there for sure. He's really detailed and yeah. he's really funny um so uh, right, a few yeah. minutes on the the rotation so mm-hmm. big signing jake the grum mm-hmm. anchors the rotation the the two through fifth starters all going after pick 175 just uh let me know if you think any of these guys um could be potential perceived values at their adp right uh john gray 187 andrew yes. keeney 212 yes um Yavaldi two thirty nine. Uh, you like? I I I I'm gonna hold off on him until spring training. I need to see right. him in spring training because like him at ninety four ninety five is not gonna cut it for me. Um, him, yeah, him yeah, at ninety seven, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we don't know if he's gonna hold it per se, but um, give me and John Gray three nineteen. 
Yes. Um, give me John one. Gray. Yes. I like him. Um, don't make him your like second or third starter, you know, make sure he's fourth or fifth starter on your team. I do like the slider. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I just think that he's slowly starting to piece together the pitcher that he can be. So I really like John Gray at his ADP. Andrew Heaney, yes, please. Um, I'm going to read you off some quick stats, okay? Quick stats are two pitchers. One is Andrew Heaney, and then you can get the other guy. Ready? All right. Sierra, other guy, 2-4. Andrew Heaney, 2-5. K percentage, other guy, 38%. Heaney, 35%. K minus walk, other guy, 30. Heaney, 29 Swinging strike, other guy 15, Heaney 17%. CFW, other guy 31, Heaney 32 and a half. Zone contact, other guy 80, Heaney 79. O swing, other guy 34, Heaney 40%. Who's the other guy? Spencer Strider. Uh, Spencer Strider is the other guy, folks. Spencer Strider is the other guy, folks. On a per inning pitch basis Andrew Heaney was lights the fuck out I don't think that everything he learned in LA is just going to disappear um I think yeah, we I right. think we know that Texas is an analytically driven team it's been noted as such whatever he gained I'm sure he's going to keep I'm all about Andrew Heaney at this price obviously we know what the downside is right he gets hurt um and he has a lot of hard hit but I take the the good innings when it's there you know, um, if if yep. he can get to 100 innings pitch this year, I think that's huge. Um, and there'll be weeks when when he's healthy, you start him every single week. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Um, again, he evolved the I don't know Martin Perez. No thanks. Um, I, I I don't see. I just don't think it's repeatable. Um, I don't think that I like him here. Give me um, you know, give me Matt. Give me even Wesneski with 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 the possibility of him not starting right away. Give yeah. me Brian Bayo too. Um, give me Kenta Maeda, hundred um, percent. They're just better pitchers with better upside than Martin Perez. Um, and then for the super late starting pitchers, I know they have Odorizzi. You can be a swing man. They have Dane Dunning, but between this, like his surgeries and him never really coming close to being a fully effective pitcher, I don't think so. Um, but I will take Glenn Otto at 650 still. Yeah. I will take, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to take Glenn Otto at 650. And um, it's nothing like that screams like, oh, wow, this uh, he's going to be a stud or anything. But there was stuff in his pitch mix that changed in the second half. And that I'm that I'm still I'm still holding out that he can take some steps forward. Um, it's the second half. His Sierra went down to four five from five point one. The K percentage went up a couple ticks to nineteen percent. The walk rate dropped four percent from twelve point six to eight point eight. Uh, first pitch strike got better. Swinging strike got better. Uh, still throws a lot of balls, um, but I just think there's improvements here in the pitch mix. I think he started throwing a shit ton of uh, less uh, changeups and four seamers to lefties. Um, and bumped up his better slider against them. I think he's a good guy to hold on to later in that draft, 680. Sure. Actually, he's like one of the only starting pitchers I will target around that area. Um, And just if, you know, I'm usually taking spec closers at that point, but if you need a starter, yeah, me too. I, yeah, yeah. I think if I think if you need a starter and he gets some chances while the, like they're in very injury prone starting rotation gets hurt, I don't think it's horrible. 
to just roster him and hey, listen too, right? Like, what have we learned too about younger guys too now getting Jake DeGrom, Nathan Eovaldi, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Heaney. He gets sure. to work with these guys who are filthy, filthy. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind when you're looking for some, you know, whatever. Martin Perez too, man. That that veteran. I don't think <laughs> I don't think any can help Martin Perez. I'm sorry. It just um I, it's not an offense, no offense to him, but I, I just he had a great season last year. I, I don't know why he didn't look for a multi-year deal because I don't know why he, he took, took the, the qualifying one. offer, 19 million. He should have tried to get two for or three for something because he's he's not going to get yeah. anything after this year if he regresses anything back to what he used to be. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah. I just think he's Johnny Cueto, really, honestly, with those lefty. And- <laughs> I just don't think any. I don't have any appeal for that. It's not the type of guy I'm. I'm picking in in the three hundred. So, oh, I think, I think we hit it right. Good stuff, man. This All was right. good. Good stuff. Love good it. stuff. Yep. So uh, the American League is out of the way. We'll come next with the National League East next week, and um, we'll continue this forward uh, right up until probably probably done by the end of February. So um, looking forward to it, and uh, we'll keep this rocking and rolling. Tell everyone what you got going at rotowire.com, Ryan. Rotowire.com got my um, closer rankings for 2023 posted a couple days ago. Check those out. Let me know what you agree with, what sounds great, what doesn't. Uh, let me know who I'm wrong on. always love hearing other people's opinions, um, but those are up. I'm also working on um, a couple evergreen articles for that will be up on the site for a while, uh, some NFBC-centric um, one for the draft champions format and one for the new gladiator format. So I'll be working on those this month and, um, yeah, just a lot of exciting things going on. The, the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast is back in its rotation, mm-hmm. uh, daily, um, uh, just saw a tweet from Scott Jenstad, um, him and Jeff had their pod last night. So check that out. Two of the best in the business. Absolutely. And, um, I just love how everything's ramping up as we get uh, closer to to pitchers and catchers reporting next week. So you still got very the free exciting. Tri- you're still running the free trial there at um rotowire.com slash try free trial, seven day yeah. trial, paywall, um, get that removed for seven days and access to all our content, not just yep. MLB, but NFL, uh, NBA. I use it for, DFS for NBA and um, soccer, MMA, we cover everything. So everything, um, everything. Got James yeah. Anderson, Jason Collette, Todd's all over there, and um, just the import, the my league import is huge. It's it's it, it's essential for my dynasty leagues to uh, to use that for that reason. So and um, on my end, just keep listening to the Pull Hitter podcast. We're gonna have so a lot of uh, podcasts coming up this week. Um, recording with two NFBC veterans that many people might not have heard of but have been extremely successful um so i'm excited to talk to them and then also going to talk to hall of famer john posma on wednesday and launch angle podcast is coming back on thursday with jeff zimmerman and rob silver so everyone look out for that as well so um keep the train moving and gonna keep everyone smartening up for this uh fantasy baseball season thanks for joining me ryan thanks a lot Alrighty, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Once again, everyone who's left a rating and review, thank you so much. Truly helpful. It truly helps to stand out, help the podcast stand out from everybody else. 
and all the feedback has been wonderful. Truly, truly grateful that everyone on this journey with me into this wonderful fantasy baseball community that we all love. What a great hobby that we've all have in common. So keep doing that. Keep getting ready for your drafts. Any help that you need. You want to reach out to me on Twitter, please do not hesitate. I love to answer all questions regarding redraft, keeper league, dynasty, whatever it is. Give me a shout at Deadpool Hitter on Twitter. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And remember, Launch Angle Podcast is coming up as well on Thursday with Rob Zimmerman with Rob Silver and Jeff Zimmerman. And it's gonna be awesome to get involved with that. And a lot of a lot of fun stuff happening. So stay tuned. And thank you for listening and don't be a bag of shit.